Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Well, hello, everyone. It is so great to be joining you. Thanks so much, Pastor Paul. Isn't it amazing to be with everybody today? It is. It has been far too long, and it's our absolute honour to be with you today. Yeah, it's a real, real treat. And who thought, you know, seven days ago that we would find ourselves here uh, in this situation? But aren't you grateful that whether you're watching this with your group, whether you're by yourself, having some time to do church, or maybe you've got friends and family with you, the truth of it is, is we're united, we're together, and God is moving. And I trust that, you know, through the amazing worship that we've had as well, you're just really sensing God's presence. Because I know that there's something stirred in our heart for yeah. today, yeah. and we can't wait to just uh, really believe God's going to speak through it. But before we quickly go to the Word, I just wanted to say on behalf of Nadia and I and your life, Melbourne family, I know for everybody, 2020 was quite the year. But I just can't uh, say enough thank you for the way that there was just so much encouragement, so much support, and just that sense of prayer and that carrying us through, the, I guess, the extended lockdown that we experienced. And we just don't take that for granted. We're, we're grateful. We love you heaps. You're, you're in our heart and our prayer is as well. That Come on, tomorrow, the announcement's coming. You're back into level one in Auckland. And that means next Sunday for Vision Sunday, we're all gonna be back together for what I believe is gonna be a monumentous, hear that word, monumentous Vision Sunday. But come on, let's get into the word and why don't you pray? Awesome. Well, God, I thank you for what you're gonna do today. God, I yeah. thank you. It's not our words right now, but you are gonna speak. Yes. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you you would do what we cannot do and you would move hearts, God, that you would speak to every individual that is connecting in right now. Because God, I thank you that you see every person and I pray for incredible clarity, conviction and revelation today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We know these recent lockdowns, I think, have taken many of us by surprise. You know, we kind of think that we're getting out of it and then bam, we're in lockdown again. And it reminded me about the beginning of 2020, and we were actually in Japan uh, having some time snowboarding together. And we were watching the news and all Japan's schools were being closed down and homeschooling was starting. And I remember thinking to myself with deep satisfaction, I'm so pleased I live in Australia because that would never happen in Australia. Like there's no way I'm ever gonna homeschool our kids. You know? well, well, weren't we wrong? Well, right? we, we sure were, because a year later, and I think we spent most of the year in lockdown, and six months of it was homeschooling. I mean, it was a crazy ride. But, you know, I just love the fact that even when unexpected stuff hits, our God is right in the middle of it. Yeah. And in the middle of a setback, He actually wants to set us up for something far greater, set us up for something more. I mean, the story of Joseph is an incredible example of this. God gives him a dream, a vision of his future, which is going to be being a leader, a man of influence. But then he faces setback after setback. He's betrayed by his brothers. He's sold into slavery. He's then betrayed by his master's wife, then thrown into prison. But in all of it, God was actually setting him up yeah. for what was to come. If he hadn't gone through the prison, if he hadn't gone through slavery, he wouldn't have been able to be set up for the future that God had for him. And I just prophetically have this sense that in the middle of this, that is exactly what God is wanting to do in our lives. Right. He's setting us up for the future that he's got up 
got for us. He's setting us up for the next season and it's a season of greater expansion and greater influence. In fact, I love what Genesis 50 verse 19 to 20 says and it's when Joseph is talking to his brothers and he says to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. And I just again have this incredible sense that in this season, God is setting us up for the saving of many lives. There is a city to reach, there's nations to reach, there's our friends, our family to reach. And God is moving in this season. Again, it reveals the fragility of our life. And in that, people realise, you know what? I need God. Mm -hmm. And God wants to use us to reach people in a new way, to influence in a new way. So this isn't a setback, it's a setup for everything that God has for us. Come on, mate, you are on fire. Oh, I'm stirred. Loving it. Uh, you know, in fact, why don't we go to our, the Word and go to Jeremiah 29, 11. That's really where we want to base uh, what God's put in our heart out of. And I'll read it for us and it'll be on the screen if you don't have a Bible with you. But Jeremiah 29, 11. It's a well-known promise. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. You know, I love this promise, and I think rightfully so. For many of us in different seasons at different moments, it's been a great encouragement. It's been a great stabilizer. It's been something that has held us through to be able to keep lifting our eyes to the God who is with us. And I love that, and it's right. But the truth of it is, is looking at the context of the story, this promise was actually not what God's people wanted to hear. This is actually not what they wanted to hear in regards to what had just taken place. See, here they are, the Israelites, actually living in exile, living in a foreign land, held captive under King Nebuchadnezzar. They're in Babylon. And what had happened is another prophet, uh, Hananiah, Prophet Hananiah had actually come and declared to everybody, you know what? In two years' time, this is going to be done. In two years' time, this is over. In two years' time, you're going to be restored to your homeland. Everything's going to go back to what it was. In two years, this is it. Then all of a sudden, God speaks to Jeremiah and says, fake news, right? He says, wrong prophecy. Not two years, but 70 years. 70 years. I don't know about you, but for me, I love a good two-year prophecy. Come on, I want, I want to hear the two years. I don't want to hear the 70 years. I don't want to be told that this is going to go longer than I expected. I want to be told that this is going to be something that's going to actually go on for generations. No, I want to be told, you know what, Craig? You just hold on. You just bunker down. You just manage yourself well enough. You just do the list you can do so you can survive and you're going to get through it. Only two years. But God did not want His people to simply survive. He desired that actually they would increase, they would expand, and they would thrive. See, if we go to Jeremiah again, in verse uh, 4 to 7 of Jeremiah 29, it says this, it says, This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all of those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This is God saying, I carried you into the season you're at. We want to blame the enemy for every hardship and every season that seems like a wilderness and a desert. But here's God saying, I've actually led you to this place. And then he says in verse 5, listen to it. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens 
and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, unless their name is Hope Clark, of course, (laughs) so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Somebody say, do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and the prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. See, this is incredible. God's heart for His people, I believe this is the same for us in the unpredictability that 2021 sorry, still holds for us, is not that we would just get by, that we would just hold down and go for, let's go for the good prophecy that says we'll go back to what it was. No, no, go to the place where God promises Come on, I got a plan and a hope and a future for you. It might not seem like it's a desired outcome right now, but I'm believing for increase. Come on, it's time to put your roots down. It's time to be generous with the ones that you love. It's time to welcome people into your family. It's actually a time of multiplication. And the city to which I've called you is called to prosper because of you. What a massive challenge. What a massive mind shift. And it's great to hear it and we can say yes and amen as I hope you are in your spirit or in your room and say it vocally because there's authority in your words. It can be easy to say yes and amen, but the truth of it is I know that for for some of us, maybe many of us right now, there is reduced work. There is reduced opportunities. There's reduced natural circumstances. Natural freedoms that you had aren't there anymore. Proximity with loved ones has been shifted and it's not like it was. But while this is the case and while we can experience reduction in the external things of our life, I still believe God wants to increase and expand us in the internal areas of our life. He wants to bring increased hope and trust. He wants us to trust in the character of God. He wants us to increase our assurance and our conviction that we have a God that is with us, but not just with us. He's fighting for us. Increased certainty. That where there seems no way, God will make a way. Come on, increased dependency that comes right out of a place of increased devotion, increased intimacy, and increased surrender. I think if there's things that we've learned through this last season, is that while things seem to shrink on the outside, we can continually grow on the inside. Man, I love that revelation of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego faced with the furnace, faced with the opportunity to deny God, but in their increased devotion, there was increased deliverance. And the same with Esther. Here is the possibility of a genocide for the Jews, yet in that moment, she increased her intimacy through prayer and fasting and calling people to draw close to God. And in that moment was increased intervention. I love it. The attitude of Abraham. He's got his son, his promised son, the most dear thing to him. And God says, would you lay him down for me? And Abraham says in his words, we're going to worship. And in his increased worship became the reality of an increased wonder. You know, I don't know if you feel like you're confined and you maybe even feel a little uncertain, a little fearful, a little anxious for where things are at and why things might turn out. Can I tell you right now, God wants to increase His presence in your life. He wants to increase a God confidence at this time. He wants to expand you in ways that otherwise we would never have experienced Him in this way. So we want to look at this whole topic of expansion in the unexpected, expansion in the unexpected. Yeah, so good. So the first thing we want to look at is in the expansion of the unexpected is that we have to protect 
the purity of our supply. Awesome. Protect this purity of our supply. You know, Jeremiah 29, 11, it says that God says, I know, I know. And, you know, in the season of uncertainty, we have to be so connected to the God that knows. Yes. In our humanity, we want control. We want to grab on to what is known. But we never have that assurance of knowing our future. Only God knows. Yes. So the greatest thing that we can do in the middle of the unknown is just to make sure that we are so connected to the God who does know. Right. And I really want to encourage us today, how is the purity of our supply going? How are we truly being connected to our amazing God? You know, right. I love that we've just had Legacy Sunday and what an absolute miracle, seeing $45 million paid off. And, you know, we can just throw those numbers around so casually, but an absolute yeah. God move and miracle. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And I love that when Pastor Paul was speaking about legacy, one of the main analogies he used was scaling a mountain. And, you know, we know that even though we've just scaled the mountain of legacy, there's more mountains that God wants us to scale. There's yeah. more people to reach. There's yeah. a city to win. There's so much more that God has for us. And, you know, the, the thing is when you scale a mountain, you got to make sure that your oxygen supply is pure. Right. You have to be so intentional about where you are drawing from and the purity of your supply. And in the same way, you know, we've got to make sure as we scale the mountains, as we climb to high, as we go for greater, that we watch the purity of our supply. You know, there are so many things that we can feed our soul today. You know, the company that we hang out with, shows that we watch, you know, our social media feed. But we need to make sure that our souls are being fed with pure oxygen, yeah. and that is the presence of God. So you know, when I was... In high school, I worked as a tour guide in a gold mine. And, and one of the things we learned was the old miners used to carry a canary down with them into the mines. And the moment the canary stopped singing, it revealed that their oxygen supply was low and they needed to get out of there. You know, in the same way, our song reveals where our oxygen supply is at. Yeah. Our worship reveals our connection to our God. Mm. You know, I want to ask us all this question today. How is our song going? How is our worship going? Because it reveals our oxygen supply. It reveals how connected we are with our God. Yeah, it's so good. And it's so true. You know, I've been reading lately and just spending some time just going through Exodus you know, it's an, it's an amazing account of just, again, somewhat like a legacy moment, like a miracle that seemed impossible. Yet when God spoke it, we can rely on it. And they saw the, the faithfulness and the hand of God at work. And it was incredible, though, because he uses Moses who felt inadequate. So don't, don't bank on how confident you feel in your yeah. ability. <laughs> bank Same on what God has put in your heart, what he's spoken to you. But he uses Moses, right, to confront the king, Pharaoh, to let the Israelite people go because they had been slaves, they'd been enslaved. And, and actually, seven times in three chapters, as they're dealing with the plagues, uh, which, man, talk about crazy. When we think about a pandemic, think about a pandemic of frogs, think about a pandemic of, of blood, think about a pandemic of locusts, think about a pandemic where literally your firstborns are lost. Like, that is just yeah. massive, right? But this is what God says, Exodus 7, verse 16. He says, let my people go so that they may worship me in the wilderness. 
And so he says that line, let my people go so they may worship me. Let my people go that they may worship me. Let my people go that they may worship me. Can I just say first and foremost, that the freedom that God releases us into through the unmatched gift of salvation freely given to us through the life of Jesus Christ that was laid down for every single person, that we actually are to live lives of worship. He didn't say, let my people go so they can go and follow their own desires. No, let my people go that they may worship. And that place of worship was not under the same rule and reign of Pharaoh where it was demanded of them and that they were enslaved. But this actually comes a place from free surrender. This place of loving God, willingly just declaring worship. And in fact, worship is not just song, but as Romans 12 puts it, it's actually about how we conduct every aspect of our lives, yeah. that how we engage our giftings, how we engage the very core reason for where we live and how we live. And in fact, it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And this actually is your spiritual act of worship. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, perfect, and pleasing will. I love that, that our lives, how we respond, how we act, our day-to-day, what we conduct ourselves with is worship. It's an offering to God. But if I could be honest, that I feel like the climate at the moment within culture and it's creeping in, I think, into into church, into Christendom is is this reality that we're losing the element of worship and increasing the element of whinging, whinging, complaining, unsatisfied. This isn't fair. Oh, we were better off. Whinging, whinging, whinging. And if we're not careful, we can easily fall into the same trap as the Israelites did where we are elevating our opinion communicating our complaints and losing sight of what God has done, where He's taken us from, how He's actually with us, that we're not on our own. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit and that we can, in any scenario and situation, we can dictate it with our worship rather than it dictate who we are. But I can see that there's this new reality of let's just whinge, let's just whinge, let's just share our opinion, let's just post our complaint. We're not happy with this. I don't like that. You know, can I just say that The truth of it is, is that whinging to God about your situation, about the unexpected, about the challenge that you're facing, whether it be in your family or whether it be personally, financial, it's not worship. You know, the same as complaining about the reality of what's happening or not happening right now. That's not prayer. Now, don't get me wrong, the emotional side of who we are, what we need to process, God wants to be right there in the middle of that. He wants us to unload with Him. But the truth of it is, is our relationship with God can't be based on us unloading our world to Him all the time. It actually needs to be about God unloading Him on our world. And actually it's out of what He pours into us that dictates what happens through us. You know, I wrote this down. Living lives of worship does not mean no wilderness. It does not mean no desert days. You know, the truth of it is, is that it's not a matter of if you'll have a wilderness, it's a matter of when we'll have a wilderness. And I can say for most of us, you know, we've had a few, we've gone through seasons and that's not a negative. That's not a bad place. God was transitioning them out of a place of slavery into the promise He had. So the wilderness wasn't wrong, but I do think that they spent longer there than they should have. So this is the thought. If we don't learn to worship God rather than whinge to God in our wilderness, 
We could lose a generation to whinging about problems in what God had set up as a pathway to a promise. If we cake on today's culture of whinge, whinge, complain, complain, we will be stuck in a desert land, in our, un, in our undesirable circumstance, and we will park ourselves there. You want to move past your challenge? You want to move past the situation? You want to take a step forward? It's time to worship. Worship with your praise. Worship with your worship. Worship with your life. Worship with your time. Worship with your gifts. Worship with your words. Let's be worshipers. So good. And yeah, the second thing we want to focus on is that God is looking for a renewed devotion. He is looking for a renewed devotion. You know, one of the things I've found is that we never arrive in our yes to God. Now, it's not like we just surrender and then we live forever devoted to Him. I've found it's this constant choice to lay down self. It's constantly choosing to live for something greater, constantly choosing to live with an eternal echo rather than a hollow echo. And one of the verses that has just been my life verse is in Matthew 6, verse 33, that says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. But you know, one of the things that I have found in that is that seeking God and seeking God first are two very different things. See, seeking God means, hey, I've got my plans here and my agenda here, God, and it would be really awesome if you would just make this work for me. Like, it'd be really awesome if you would fit in with this plan. But seeking God first actually means, God, what is your plan? What is your agenda here? And I'm following after your plan. I'm following after your agenda. I'm laying down my life for it. I'm seeking you first and foremost. And again, when we go back to Jeremiah 29 verse 11, it's says, the plans I have for you, God has plans for us. How much are we on board with God's plans? You know, I think a challenging thing to ask ourselves is when it comes to things like setting New Year's resolution and goals that we have, how many of us actually looked at the things we wanted to achieve, wrote them all down, and then went to God going, you know what, God, I'd love you to bless us. But I think our stance actually needs to be going to God and going, you know what, God, what are your plans that you have for me this year? What does kingdom living look like this year? What does your agenda for my life look like this year? And I mean, I tell you what, when we live like that, it mm. shifts stuff in us. Yeah. It causes us to live for something of true value and true significance. You know, when I was 18, I got my first car, a Toyota Corolla. And we lived in Thames at the time, a lifestyle property. And to get to our property, you had to cross a river, drive across a ford, a concrete block with a river flowing over it. And and then it led to this massive driveway with this gate. And I remember going out one night with friends and I was in a hurry. So I just chucked my shoes in the passenger seat. And as I was driving down the driveway, I decided, you know what, I'll just chuck my shoes on. Not the smartest idea. And as I was doing that, the gate was fast approaching. And as it approached, I went to put my foot on the brake, but instead put it on the accelerator. 
And I flew through that gate, the gate completely unhinged and rode off my car completely. And I remember going to the river. I slammed the brakes on just in time before completely going off the ford into the river. But I learned an important decision that day that you know what, we have to watch where our focus is. Because I was distracted in my vision, it led to distraction in the outcome. And you know what, if we get distracted with the God vision that we have, it leads to distraction because we end up building what truly doesn't matter. Let's make sure that we are building what God is in the centre of. You know, we can have the best intention in the world. But if our vision is not focused on what truly matters, our plans are gonna build nothing that truly matters. I love actually what Christine Kane says. She says, focus gives our attention to what's important while eliminating what isn't. Let's make sure we stay focused on the plans that God has for us. That's great. So good. And let's make sure that Nadia has her shoes on before she starts driving. (laughs) So true. (laughs) The third and final thought, uh, you know, is a clear declaration, a clear declaration. For I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord, declares the Lord. He's not whispering it. He's not trying to hide it. It's not selected for a few. He is declaring it. He's declaring a fullness of your future. He's declaring endeavour, God provision. He's declaring the reality of a hope, a dream, expansion. You know, I remember sitting on my couch in my office with a couple of the guys who are actually helping us record this. And we were in that part of not knowing when lockdown was going to end or what the restrictions would mean and the numbers of attendance for church. And we were trying to sort of create a bit of a plan forward. And I just remember saying, I just don't know. I just don't know. I don't know what two weeks will look like. And I don't know what it'll be. I just don't know. And in that moment, I felt like God said, I do. I do. You know, it's so easy for us to be busy declaring to others what we don't know that we don't unlock our ability to hear from the God who does know. What was amazing is in that moment, God just stirred me and said, come on, get out of that place of looking in the natural and start tapping into the supernatural. And I love that God has gifted us, gifted us with an advocate, a friend, the Holy Spirit that we can go to, that we can draw on and that as we you know, speak in a language of the Holy Spirit. And if you don't yet, uh, you haven't experienced that incredible gift that God has for you, inquire of it, go after it, pursue it because it is a gift and it's incredible. And He builds your spirit up in the moments where we feel down, where we're weighed down. He builds us from the inside. And I remember just having this moment where God just said, do a lap of honour. And I got up and the first thing I do is chuck shoes on, chuck my phone, some worship on and just do a walk around the block, super slow, just praying in the language of the Holy Spirit. And it was this sense of just going, you know what? I can't rely on the natural man. We need to rely on the Spirit, the Spirit man within us that wants to lead us into what He sees and what He's already planned. And in fact, Jude uh, verse 17 predicts the reality of there's gonna be some challenging times. And in verse 20, It actually says this, it says, But you, dear friends, you must build your lives up ever more strongly upon the foundation of your holy faith, learning to pray in the power, come on, and strength of the Holy Spirit. See, the enemy doesn't know what tomorrow holds, as Nadia said, but if he can get you declaring trouble, 
disappointment, hardship, uncertainty, loss, lack. If He can get you declaring, then He's already going to determine your tomorrow without Him even knowing it. But we've got a God who's declaring over us hope, future, expansion, courage, boldness, peace, joy, hope. Like, I just love that. I said hope twice, but hope's a good name. We named our daughter Hope. But seriously, what are we declaring? What are we declaring? Are we spending time in the Holy Spirit? Are we spending time in prayer, really praying, just seeking His Word, His voice over the season that you're in? 2021, it's going to be full of the unexpected. It will be. Life does that to us. It throws things we don't expect. But we've got a God who sees and He's got a pathway forward and He's got a God that wants to keep moving you in His purpose. You know, I love that when Jesus was even led into the desert to be tempted for 40 days, it says that He was led full of the Holy Spirit full of the Holy Spirit. And in the season that was undesirable of his 40-day temptation, it was undesirable, but it wasn't unfruitful. It was a desert, but it was a place where destiny kicked in. It was a place of full temptation, but actually it was a moment of triumph. Our wilderness, our desert moments we're gonna have, there don't need to be places of desolation. And it says in in Luke 14, Four, sorry, verse 14, that Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of His Spirit. Before we go, we want to believe for an empowering of the Holy Spirit, an empowering of His presence in your situation, in your life, that there would be a courage and a boldness that would rise within every single one of us. You know, Jeremiah 29, verse 5, build houses, hear it one more time, settle down, plant gardens, eat what they produce, marry and have sons and daughters, find wives for your sons, Give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number. Come on, we prophesy it. Do not decrease. But at the last statement I want to say is whatever we do off the season that we've just had in legacy, let's not see it as a three and a half year campaign. No, it was a catalyst for God to lead us to a whole new level. Reaching the pinnacle of what has happened is now the platform from where things can now happen at another level. When He says it, you can trust it, for nothing is impossible for our God. Come on, Nadia, why don't you just start to just pray over people and just believe for a real touch of the Holy Spirit. Awesome. Well, God, I thank You that, again, You see every person exactly where they're at. I just pray for a rich deposit of Your Holy Spirit right now. I pray that You would touch every single life. God, we ask right now for a new faith to arise. God, that in a season where it can feel so uncertain, God, that You would bring expansion. God, I ask right now that You would speak so clearly, that You would renew our worship, that You would renew our devotion to You, and that, God, You would get 100% yes from us in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you were encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at any of our Auckland campuses. If you're not in Auckland, then check us out, Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifenz.org or download the Life app to stay connected and find out more.